This is the workings of people whose main goal is not to get you a job and whose main job is not hiring. These are people who are experts at hiring, but don't do hiring. Welcome to another episode of Hiring Behind the Scenes, where we lift the curtain on the hiring process by talking to recruiters and hiring managers to help you better understand how hiring decisions get made. This week, we have a fun, impromptu episode with Leah Dillon, who runs social media at Teal and was previously a a recruiter at Amazon, so brings fang experience. And Mike Pedito, who's been recruiting for over 10 years, probably closer to 15, and puts out a ton of great job search advice. And we dive deep into open to work. I've been engaging on some topics on LinkedIn around open to work and does it make you look desperate? Does it not? So we just kind of put our heads together, talked about the topic, talked about some realities, some things that we don't think are true, some of the biases. Hopefully you can make a better decision for yourself on whether you want to use this or not, but would love your feedback, love your thoughts. If you like the show, please subscribe. All right. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Hiring Behind the Scenes. All sorts of funny topics going on and thought it would be good to get on the line here with Mike Pedito and Leah Dillon, two experienced recruiters and opinionated in a really good way. But we want to talk about open to work. We're just going to talk about open to work today. There's, you know, it's been some interesting stuff going on on LinkedIn. There's lots of opinions on the green banner, not the green banner. Does it make you look desperate? And we just kind of wanted to talk about it. In particular, there was a post that I've commented on a lot. It's gotten a lot of links on this idea that it makes you look desperate. You know, that in and of itself is a sort of complicated topic. But I don't know, Leo, where where do you stand on some of this? Ah, gosh, you know, the open to work discussion is frankly polarizing for the recruiter and talent acquisition community. I think about it this way. If I am looking to hire someone and I want to hire someone as soon as possible, who is more likely going to reach out to a response? Is it someone who is open to work, who is looking and actively looking for a job right this minute? Or is it someone who is passively, maybe they're not looking I'd have to do a little bit of finesse and and try to coax them into potentially considering leaving their job. So you have to think about it that way of who is more likely to respond. And it could be both. It could be the passive candidate. It could be the active candidate. There's a multitude of reasons why someone is currently job searching. So them signaling that they are, in fact, open to work is an indicator for me that they may be someone who I could jump on a call with today, evaluate their experience define their scope of knowledge, and let's have a conversation and get you through the interview process. So I I think about it both ways of, are they an active or passive job seeker? And how is it the best use of my time? As a recruiter, I'm more likely to lean in on reaching out to those who are currently open to work. I do consider those who may not be looking at this time. It's kind of a whole scope of your recruiting process is looking at active and passive job seekers. But as a recruiter, I'm probably going to message the people who are open to work first and foremost. I'm going to try to play a little bit of the devil's advocate on this call because we're all philosophically aligned. We all want to help job seekers, given what we do. Anyone can check our content. We've got receipts that we are pro job seeker, but I'll play that role on this call. You guys have both been recruiters, are recruiters. What about like when you bring 
you know, for, and Mike, I think you hire in what I would call like oftentimes, I think Leah, you have as well, but like high competence fields like engineering where that the person shows abilities and that they've got the technical abilities, probably generalization on my part, but tend to hire more for the hard skill than the soft skills. And so they really want to see people that are good, like really good in their craft. And so like when a hiring manager says to you, it's like, yeah, but you know, they've been like, if they're open to work, like with the green banner, like they're unemployed, right? Because I also think there's like the unemployed, employed, open to work that I think gets lost in the discussion. So it's a, let's focus on the green banner. The green banner meaning like I can publicly tell the world I'm looking for work. Like has a hiring manager been like, you know, why are they unemployed? Like, you know, why'd that company let them go? Like if they were great, wouldn't they have kept them? Yeah. I mean, so the thing is, hiring managers will always ask those questions. Why someone's unemployed? Now, you can put a green banner on your LinkedIn or not put a green banner on your LinkedIn. If the resume shows you're unemployed and it's the type of hiring manager who wants to ask that question, they're going to ask that question, which almost just makes the whole debate not even matter at that point. And yeah, there will be people who wonder that. But that's also what recruiters do. And Leah made a great point where she even sort of said, right, she was saying, I'm the one reaching out. I'm the one looking and running a search to see who's open to work. There's very few companies that obviously it exists, but if we're talking large companies and people who are out there looking for jobs, most companies have recruiters out there doing the searches. Hiring managers aren't doing it. A lot of hiring managers don't pay attention to what anyone's doing on the job search world until they see a resume anyway. And I think that like, that's the conversation to have with them. Well, why are they unemployed? Okay, well, I spoke to them and this was the reason. This is what we talked about. And even if they say something like, well, they got laid off, does that mean they're not good? Now, as someone who lost two jobs within a calendar year, I might personally bite back a little bit harder at the manager than like I should. But, you know, the answer is just like, that's what's happening. 400,000 people were laid off in tech over the last two years. Like, should we just assume they're all terrible? Is that what we want to do? Or should we have the conversation because this person has the skills? And I think that if the recruiter has done that diligence, it almost just like cuts that argument out from a hiring manager, unless they just want to be so stubborn in it, in which point. What are you going to do anyway? The banner has nothing to do with it anymore. I'm trying not to use guys because I feel like guys is usually dudes. So have you all, y'all, um, from what y'all uh, have seen, is there a broad, we're talking in generalizations, obviously, so there is no like specificity here, but like, has there generally been a difference in like the way hiring managers view these things? Obviously, recruiters need to get the job done. They talk to candidates at a, such a higher volume and they just know these things kind of don't matter. But like, is there some truth to like hiring managers having a different level of scrutiny or being affected by some of these like superficial things more so than, and you have to like sort of talk them off that ledge than like recruiters? I think it depends on the recruiter's relationship with the hiring manager. As Mike mentioned, if they're going to bring it up, let's have a discussion about it and then let's move on. If a hiring manager is going to fixate on why someone has an open to work banner as the reason why to not hire someone, my thought is we may need to rearrange your thought process on priorities. I have physically, me, Leah Cohen, my name has changed. In my experience working at a FANG tech company, at a small startup, at a biotech startup, I have physically never had a hiring manager come to me when I've brought a candidate to their attention. I have never once had a hiring manager say, <laughs> Ugh, why do they have an open to work banner? Are they desperate? I've never had a hiring manager say that. And that's because hiring managers have a job to do. Their job is to manage and run a team and to move the product and company forward. 
they're not spending their time looking on LinkedIn, looking and, and critiquing on why someone has an open to work banner. If they are, that's probably they just have too much time on their hands or they need to kind of reshift their priorities. Because in today's market, with over 400,000 people in the U.S. and in tech laid off or left a job, or if we want to even go into career gaps on why someone has left or involuntarily or voluntarily left a job, now coming back into this current market where it is a struggle to get a job, why are we then shaming them for signaling that they're open to work? So to go back, I've never had a hiring manager bring that up, and it's never been an issue in my past working with my hiring managers. I mean, something that's also, like, there's just so many topics going on in this thing. Like, I don't think desperation is attractive, generally, right? And so let's have, let's take it away from, like, the job search, right? Like, I know that if I walk by a restaurant and it's empty versus one that's full, I'm going to make a quick judgment. Like, that one's probably good. You know, that one, maybe not so good, <laughs> you know? And so, like, I do think there are things that job seekers do. Like, I think, like, the, hey, hire me because times are tough, I actually don't think helps people, whether there's a green banner or not. And so I think that's kind of getting conflated. I think you can still add a ton of value, show that you are incredibly qualified, engage in a super productive way and have the banner on. And I feel like that, I feel like, you know, these don't equal one another. Yeah, the idea that needing a job is desperate is just like so out of this world, right? Just like, we all need jobs. There's not even the people who wrote this article about how this is a desperate thing could survive without jobs. The reason they did it was to make money. So like the idea that someone who was laid off or is in need of a job needs a job is just what it is. I agree with you. I do think there are things that people do sometimes they're sort of just like, you could be putting more energy into a more efficient way to get a job. It does feel like you're a little bit of kind of begging for it or not really kind of showing your strengths of, of why you should be hired, but almost just saying like, I'm owed a job and that's hard. But simply putting up the banner because you need one is, yeah, it's just, what it is. And uh, even to go with what Leah said, like most of these managers don't know or care really that much. They just want a good person. I think there's certain industries, right? Sales is one where I do think that like sales managers do tend to research salespeople they're hiring and dig into content they put on LinkedIn and ask all these questions and maybe marketing or like content creation, the same type of field. But in tech, you know, like we were talking about originally, most of these managers I bring it to are sort of just like they haven't logged into LinkedIn in six months themselves. Uh, they don't even know what like the banner debate is. Like I bring this stuff up to people at these companies I've worked for and they're like, oh, that's the thing. You know, people are doing it. People are using AI to write resumes. Like people are just sort of so removed once they're not in this constant content about job searching world that like they don't care about any of the stuff people argue over. A little bit of like my broader critique on job search advice is that we hone in on a tactic and we attach a whole bunch of meaning to it. Right. Same with like the one page resume. It's like, no one's really caring about that. Like, should you be concise and crisp? Yes. Is there some general number where like, wow, this is, you really struggle with editing and you're kind of all over the place. Is that five pages, four pages, six pages? I don't know. You know, but I think it's the same with this. It's like, it's really about how you show up. If I read a really good post, I'm like, wow, this was really thoughtful. Like, I don't even pay attention. Whether it was a green banner or purple banner, no banner. And I think that's just getting like lost in the broader discussion. It's like trying to identify this symptom where the the underlying thing is really how you're showing up. A hundred percent. I think it all ties back into self-marketing and branding yourself. And it's easier said than done. It's how you brand yourself on your LinkedIn. It's how you brand yourself on your resume. 
if I am hiring for someone with a specific criteria, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for it on your resume. I'm looking for it on your LinkedIn profile. I'm looking for it on your GitHub. Wherever your presence is, I'm going to be looking for it. So if you think about whether or not you're coming across desperate or not for a job, we all know we, we need work to live. So we've got that already out of the way. Now, when you think about actionable steps that you can take as a job seeker, who am I more likely to want to reach out to for a job about a specific role within the criteria I'm looking for? Is it the person who's sharing factoids, thoughts about their industry, thoughts about products, whatever it is related to who they are and what their job is? Or am I more likely to reach out to someone who's posting daily about how they need a job, not talking about what they bring to the table, adding in their subject matter expertise? Now, yes, I feel sympathy and empathy and, and I want to help those people, but I'm probably maybe leaning in on someone who is sharing more about their industry, things that they've learned, things that they're working on that is related to the job. At the end of the day, it is all about how you market and brand yourself. You can want to get a job, but you also bring something to the table in your expertise. So lean in on that and really articulate that. And I think that holds a lot more value and will kind of disrupt this whole idea of desperation because you are bringing something to the table. I think people forget that when I want to hire someone, it's not like for hobby or for sport. It's like I have a need. And so I need to, it's like when I'm hungry, I try to find food. Like, well, maybe not me. I sort of eat out of anxiety, but whatever. <laughs> I'm like addressing something. Yeah. But like, Same. You know, I've got a need. There's a gap, a skills gap, an ability, like someone's too busy, they have it. But I, so I want to hire the most qualified person as fast as possible. It's really that simple. Not how I define qualified, but like, I feel like a lot of the job search stuff gets to a place of like thinking about how not to lose rather than how to win. Like the green banner dialogue is all around like how not to lose versus like it's irrelevant. What am I doing to win? What am I doing to like play offense? Like so much of the advice is defense. Don't do the green banner. Make it two pages. Mm -hmm. How about you just make the first page fucking awesome? then it doesn't matter if it's like three pages, five pages. It's kind of like all of it is like shaming and how not to lose and how not to make a mistake. It's focusing on why not to hire someone and why to hire someone. And that's why I think when people post about it being desperate, it's you are hyper fixating on why people shouldn't hire rather than focusing on why they should. And it's not helpful for job seekers. It's not helpful in this current market. Give them actionable advice. If you're going to tell them to turn off the LinkedIn green banner, what is the alternative advice that you're going to give? And that is what is missing on a lot of these virality posts that are going around on LinkedIn is they're saying a CEO or hiring managers are saying it looks desperate. Okay, well, then what else can they do? If someone needs a job and wants to work, what is the advice that you would give to someone? Have actionable steps. I'm speaking with job seekers daily. And they're saying, I'm hearing A, I'm hearing B, but I don't know how to put A and B together. How do I do that? So spell it out for them. Whether or not they need to buy your course or follow your free advice, spell it out for them. Give them actionable steps because there's a whole disconnect on what you think versus what people can actually do. And I'll die on that soapbox. Yeah, I mean, but you're right. And there is fundamental truth that has to be called out here, which is, all of this stuff, all of this noise, it can be the how many page resume debate, the green open banner work, whatever debate, it all comes from a place of people needing to create content and engagement. That's ultimately what it is. 
I rant about this stuff in videos and on LinkedIn all the time, right? This is the workings of people whose main goal is not to get you a job and whose main job is not hiring. These are people who are experts at hiring, but don't do hiring. Or these are people who used to do it. Or these are people who now they are marketer extraordinaires and they've created a great brand for themselves by every day being able to make a LinkedIn post that gets 6,000 comments and a bunch of shares. And they truly don't give a shit if you get a job or not. They just don't. And they're not going to hire you because they're not hiring for their own company. They're making money. That's what they're doing. I want to talk a little bit about like that. These things came from somewhere, kind of like stereotypes. Like they, they did come from somewhere. And there is some truth to some of these things. It's ultimately on the person to decide how much they want to care about it. So like there are people out there who do think the green banner is desperate. They exist. I don't know if it's one, I don't know if it's 100, I don't know if it's 10%, 90%, but they exist. What are people supposed to do with that? Like, you know, one angle is, look, I'm going to put it out there as like a self-screening mechanism. Like, I'm going to do it because, yeah, if someone's offended by that, I don't want to work with that person anyway. But then there's a the person like, look, if that even like drops my chances by like half a percent, I need a job so bad, I'm not going to do it. Like, how do we help them think through the pros and cons so like they can use their own judgment. Because right? I, I think it's unfair to say like, look, this is just universally untrue. No, it is true. I want to acknowledge it as true. Those people are out there. Do I want to work with them? No. Do I hope and anyone at Teal thinks that way? Absolutely not. But they do exist. Yeah. I mean, I think a big thing is what we even mentioned at the beginning, understanding that one, the majority of this stuff is based on what a hiring manager thinks, not what the person who's going to go out and find you thinks which is generally the recruiter. But even mm. beyond that, I think it's just the idea of like, you can't please everyone. You can't win everyone over. If your goal on the job search is to convince 100% of companies, 100% of hire managers and recruiters that like you're doing it the right way and they should hire you, you can't. It's an impossible task. So what you do have to figure out, like you said, sort of like, is it worth it or not? And I suppose the best advice I could give is like, in some fields, maybe not. Maybe in sales, if you want to come to me and say, I know executives in sales think this is desperate, I'd say you're probably right. I can believe that. But if you were generally just looking for jobs, I think the advice that so many would all of us say comes down to is like, listen to the people who are doing this every day. Listen to people every day who are saying, you know, Leah started this podcast by saying, I run a search by typing in keywords and looking at who is open to work. I do the same. Ask almost any recruiter. They will tell you they do the same. So are we listening to viral news articles? Are we listening to the people saying like, I'm telling you, this is how I hire? Because what we're not getting is any actual managers coming out and saying, I won't hire someone who has this yet. But can they? Right, because I think we could all sort of like cognitive be like, well, that person's kind of sure. a jerk. You know, but they might feel it. Like, they might, you know, there are some of these things that people just kind of know they're conscious enough to know to not say them out loud, but they believe them. So, you know, and I think that's what makes some of these things tricky because even all of us a little bit is like, well, that, I guess I could, that sort of could make sense. But I mean, I wouldn't do that, but I could see how someone else might. It's all on checking your opinion. I mean, at the end of the day, how someone evaluates your resume, what someone thinks about your resume, how you write your resume, that is your opinion on a resume. There is no universal law on what is a good resume. There's no universal law on what's a good LinkedIn profile. It's all a matter of someone's opinion. Ten different recruiters are going to look at a resume and a profile and have ten different, vastly different opinions on how you are qualified or not qualified for a role. So I think it's all on how you as the job seeker 
prioritize other people's opinions and how that can affect you getting hired. You know, you say you'd want to work with someone who thinks that having an open to work banner is desperate. Okay, so then I don't want to work for them. Then those are the people I don't want to work for. At the end of the day, it all comes back to what is your opinion on what is more important as a hiring manager. If you're going to come out there and say an open to work banner is desperate, that is your opinion. You do not speak for all hiring managers. Any recruiter that goes out there and says that, that is your opinion and you don't speak for all hiring managers. What likely is happening from these posts is someone spoke to someone. They said, it just comes across desperate, right? And then they posted that and said, all hiring managers think that. All CEOs think that. You don't speak for all of us. You don't speak for every recruiter. You don't speak for a hiring manager. And it's all part of how viral can I get and how many likes and impressions can I get based on an opinion. That's basically what this all boils down to is an opinion. That's so true. Because even like this one piece that sort of I commented on that is like validating for the people who have like said these things, they interviewed a single person who runs a marketplace that's competitive with LinkedIn that obviously wants people there instead of at LinkedIn that doesn't have this feature. Also in sort of like my time in marketing, I'm now, I have a much Honestly, I'd almost rather not know like how many articles get placed and like <laughs> how much of it is like true journalism versus like marketing couched in journalism. But I guess I want to pull on a different thread. Like is like there's two directions to it. There's like the green open to work banner looking desperate, but then looking desperate. Sometimes there is some truth to these things. And I think if we go from like the non-emotional, pure logical perspective, it's like, okay, is there something here? So I don't think the green work the green banner in and of itself. But I do think looking desperate is not good. I think there's truth to that. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to <laughs> do things that look desperate. But yeah, I guess the debate is like, what we'll never know, because there's just no way to know it, is how what percentage of people of LinkedIn's entire population view a green banner and say that candidate's desperate and I don't want to hire them. Like, we'll just never know that. One of small groups of polls people might take. But what we do know is that when you have yourself marked as open to work, you are easier to be found by companies who are hired. So I guess the question like in people's minds is like, do I want to try to appeal to everybody in the world or do I want to make myself as accessible as possible to hopefully get a job? And I think that's what it comes down to for a lot of people. It's like, will you lose some people? Yes. But do you make yourself open to a wider pool of people? Also, yes. I also think I could follow a little bit of our own advice is like, Ways that I've found this to be actionable. I think where this really comes through is when people an- make like their, I'm looking for work announcement, right? We can see very clearly like the ones that are effective and the ones that aren't. And you, if you look at the comments, I think where the ones where the person's just like, the comments are sympathizing versus the ones that are giving like action, you can kind of tell. So I'm like, oh, this kind of open anything. This really stinks. I'm super thankful for the people I worked with. If, you know, if, if anything comes along your way for sort of anything, let me know. And people are like, oh, that sucks. I'm here for you. Where then there's the other one. Let's go to the other extreme. was like, lost my job. Team was great. I'm looking for product management roles at B2B startups. I bring 10 years of experience. I close these deals. If you have any leads, let me know. And then those are like tagging people. They're like, oh, have you seen this position at this company? And it's really like night and day, the difference. And what I, like the other person like played offense, they were super clear, they helped me help you. And I think that's what gets lost in these like very simple little trite things, like the banner, not the banner. Those things, I think at the end of the day, really just don't matter. 
it's like the actions you're taking, how you're showing up, your broader attitude. Yeah. I mean, the biggest post I ever had on LinkedIn was like two weeks ago. It was like, here's what I regret about the immediate aftermath of my layoff. And it was exactly that. It was that like, as soon as I had my call, as soon as I got laid off, I just like dove into LinkedIn and was just like, I just got laid off. This has never happened to me. So let's hear it network. And it just it, like, it made some joke. Like you've all said, I'm the best recruiter. Let's prove it. But there was nothing there. I didn't fix my profile. I didn't update anything. I didn't have a headline. My resume wasn't ready to go. And it was really just like, I was sad and I needed people to help me. Now all the comments like, that's so sad. That sucks. That happened. Oh, but like nothing came of it. One random person like popped up in there that was just like, hey, here's an opportunity. And I applied and didn't get an interview. But then in January, I did it the way I should have. And I did exactly what you said. I did a, hey, I'm still looking. We're back in the new year. Here's what I bring. I've done this, this, and this. Here's where I'm strong. Here's who I can help. And that was just like full of people like, let's talk. And that and I got a job like a month later. What happened after that doesn't matter. But like, it is <laughs> night and day. You're right. It's exactly that. I think the open to work banner can help in more ways than it can hurt. And I'm not going to say I got hired by Teal from my open to work banner, but I knew I was getting laid off. The signs were there. The entire team was laid off. So there was only me and another person left. They were having another layoff. So I proactively a week before the layoff turned on my open to work banner. I said, hey, a layoff is coming. I am open to work. Here are the types of roles I'm interested in. Like I'm being proactive on my search. And Dave, I think you messaged me that day and said, hey, see, you're looking. Would you be interested in talking about this position? So it can lead to getting a job. It's how you're proactive about your search. If someone is messaging me and they're saying, I'm looking for a remote job, I'm a single mother and I need to take care of kids. My first initial thought is, my gosh, like, you really need a job. Like, how can I help? But the message itself isn't actually telling me what it is you need. You need a remote job. Okay, that's the location. And you're telling me you're a single mother with kids. Like, I empathize for that. But you're not telling me what type of role you want, what you could be a fit for, how exactly I can help you. Being intentional with how you network and how you ask for your open to work is all in how you're phrasing it. Let them know what you're looking for. Let them know what you're a, the type of fit and in industry that you want. If you want a remote or hybrid or on-site job, let us know. But we can't help you unless we don't know specifically what you want. I think you're an interesting case study because I knew who you were because you had been working to build your your online presence. So I also think like this idea of how I show up, it's important relative to how I've been showing up. Like the other thing that I think is a huge mistake is I see these posts all the time. Hey, haven't posted on LinkedIn in about five years. But, uh, you know, I'm back and I'm on the market. It's like, all right, good luck. There is an effort in, effort out kind of thing that happens. And you have a phenomenal career asset in the brand that you've built. And I've seen it over and over again. Megan Liu, who's in data science, like she unfortunately lost her job, but she's got a following of close to 100,000 people. And within a week, she landed a job. And she was a green banner, open to work in a week landed a job. Don't think that made her look desperate. Some marketer that I've been following for six months just posted yesterday, hey, things didn't work out in my company. I'm thinking, I was like, I could not have been in her DMs faster. Being like, would love to work with you because she's built a reputation. Whether she had the banner or not, it didn't matter. So I think that's also getting lost. It's like, you know, if you've got like a reputation of being a shit poster and being mean to people 
And, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm open to work now. It's like, also don't care whether you had the banner or not. I probably don't want to work with you, you know, because I generally don't like your attitude and I'm going to assume those things. And so I think thinking of it in like the absence of how you show up online broadly is also just giving it way too much power to say like this one banner means something. It's like one little teeny thing in my broader judgments about how I think about whether I'd hire you or not. And it's not even about having a following. It's not about how many followers or how active you are on LinkedIn or any sort of social networking site. It's about the content that you put out. It's about how you brand yourself. And I talk about branding and personal branding because that's how I've landed jobs and that's how I've been successful in my search. I provided myself on the internet as a subject matter expert in my field and I continue to speak on it. Whether or not it's viral or I get a ton of followings is all relative. It's the subject and the content that I put out. It signals to people in the industry that I know what I'm talking about. I'm learning and constantly updating. So when someone is looking for a recruiter or someone in social media, those are the things I'm constantly talking about. So whether or not I have a green banner on, I'm already putting out into the universe who I am as a subject matter expert. Yeah. And if there's people out there listening, right, who are just like, well, that's not me. I get it. You're all a bunch of influencers on the Internet and that's not who I am and and that's not going to work for me. Let me be the case study of the exact opposite, right, of just like, When this happened to me, I had zero following. I was that like, oh, I never used LinkedIn person. I was that just like, I, you know, I I didn't have a TikTok at the beginning of February and I have over 100,000 followers right now. Like I didn't use LinkedIn seven months ago and I have like 14,000 followers right now. And it's again, it's not about the number of followers, but it is about the me realizing my career has sort of lost control. The market's tough. I can't get a job. I've lost multiple jobs. Nobody knows who I am in a sea of unlimited people. I'm going to make them like know a little bit more about who I am. And and I showed up and I did it consistently. And I've made, I playlist where I show people how to do this from zero. Follow me. I'm doing it too. And you don't have to become that level, right? You don't have to get that high, but it matters. And it does show up. And I've seen people who have started doing it that you notice more and they have the green banner on, but they're just way more active and just have way more things going on. And it's not about becoming famous on the internet. It's about being there because that's where all of this stuff is happening. I'll give another example. Ashley, who works at Lavender, I'm forgetting her last name right now, but she engaged with a ton of our teal content. She was very open to work, very public about her open to work, but every day she was like promoting people, helping people, giving advice. And as soon as we opened a customer support position, I sent it to her. I was like, hey, and she's like, oh, sorry, I just took a job. And I was like, oh, we just missed it. But you know, I was like ready to do that because the network, the community, was better with her in it than it was without her. And I think like, if you could say, am I showing up? Like, am I accretive to the network? Then it's like, yeah. And if it's if I'm not, again, banner, no banner doesn't matter. So I think it's like, it's sort of lazy to just let these little things, like again, the banner carry so much weight when really the core stuff people are focusing on is how you show up every day, like in your actions, unless the thing that you have on or off. I think if there's two actionable things that anyone listening could take away from this conversation, whether or not you choose to put your open to work banner on, that's your opinion and your decision to make. This is your social networking site. But the first thing I would do, fill out your profile. You don't need to go into detail you and talk about every single thing you've ever done in your life. Just talk about, put your headline, what it is you're looking for, the job title. Just start from there. Just use the job title. 
fill out your work experience, put the job title, put a couple sentences about basic what you did at your job. You don't have to go and spend too much time. Let people know who you are so that if they are searching for you, whether or not you have your open to work banner, they know exactly who you are. And then the second thing, if you want to take it a step further, start posting, make one post about one thing in your industry that you like, one thing that is meaningful to you about your work. What's one project you're working on? Just start with one thing and engage and see how people respond. See if there's any sort of community dialogue that you can create. That will help your networking. That will help open anyone who's looking at that post. You now see anyone in your network who's seen it. Once you like it, anyone in your network will now see it. So it's how you get that reach and you get someone to view your profile. So if you are looking for work, fill out your profile and start talking about what it is you do. You don't need to be an influencer. You don't need to be posting daily and on LinkedIn all day long. You just need to show up and let us know who you are. Yeah, I completely agree. I think in the same way that like desperation could be seen as unattractive, I think the inverse is confidence is seen as attractive. And I think these actions you're talking about are confidence, like play to win, confidently own your profile, confidently show the things you're good at, confidently explain how you add value and do it in a focused way. Well, we're gonna wrap here. This is a sort of a new style, kind of uh, hiring behind the scenes, conversational. Thanks, Mike and Leah. If folks like this, let us know. We could do these. These are kind of easy and fun to do. We could pick a topic. We can unpack it. We could field questions in advance. But this was a lot of fun. Thanks for the impromptu. I sent Mike and Leah the invite about three hours ago, and they said, sure, let's do it. So thank you guys for doing this. Yeah, we are ready to rant at any time. Any time. Yeah, ready to rant. That's going to be my new headline on LinkedIn. Ready to rant. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. And thanks, Mike and Leah. See you all soon. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. We are here to help job seekers. The point of this show is to give you the behind the scenes look at the hiring practices of companies and to debunk a lot of the myths and fear mongering that's out there. So if you like the show, please subscribe. Would love for you to write me on LinkedIn or comment on one of my posts if you'd like to be a guest. We're really looking for practitioners that are in the hiring role, whether it be a hiring manager or a recruiter. We wanna give people that inside view to what it looks like like to be hired and to understand the inside view of how companies operate. So please let me know. And if you're job searching, check out Teal, tealhq.com. We are here to help you land a job you love. All right, thanks. And we'll catch you on the next one.